Today we interview Austin McInerney. He's the former president of the National Interscholastic Cycling Association, or NICA. He helped grow the league to over 30 states with close to 20,000 student athletes and nearly 9,000 licensed coaches who are now participating in the league itself. We talk about the league, the challenges of growth over the years, and how important it is to keep these kids on bikes now and into the future. So enjoy this episode with Austin McInerney. Hello. Austin, uh, welcome to the uh, Club Ride Apparel podcast, man. How are you? Oh, great. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to speak with you. Yeah, absolutely. How's the, uh, how's the weather out there in, in the Bay Area? Uh, it's a sunny uh, but chilly morning and uh, looking like it's going to be a really nice day. I'm hoping to wrap up some work here in the early afternoon and get out with my wife for a little spin. Nice. Are you going to, uh, are you going on a mountain bike ride or a gravel well, ride? What are you going to do? Uh, it rained a bit here earlier in the week. And so our trails sadly have us clay soil and they get pretty nasty. Um, okay. so we probably can't do too much mountain biking, but, uh, the roads are empty right now, <laughs> you know, is, uh, the shelter in yeah. place is pretty serious. So probably a little mixed terrain, um, you know, love to get outside. It's the air is super fresh and clear this week with so little vehicular traffic and no airplanes really to speak of, which is unusual here with San Francisco and Oakland airports pretty nearby. So got to get outside and take some deep breaths there. <laughs> yeah. Right. For sure. <laughs> Even just sitting in your backyard just doesn't do it justice. Right? <laughs> no, you know, anyone that's familiar with the Bay area, we, we have a big mountain range right here. And, uh, so you climb up a thousand feet from Berkeley and uh, you get an amazing view out over the entire San Francisco Bay and it always brings a smile to our faces when we get up there. Um, yeah. yeah. So you are in Berkeley uh, yes. where you live, correct? Correct. And how, so how far is it for you to be like kind of out in where you're talking about in some of these bigger mountains or like, you know, dirt roads? How far is that for you? Uh, it's well... <laughs> I've done it a million times, so I know pretty well. It's about 25-minute bike ride on pavement straight up the hill. It's about a 1,000-foot climb to get into the East Bay Hills and into the local park district here. Um, and uh, you can hit dirt in about 26 minutes um, from the house. And, uh, and then you're on a trail system in a regional park that's beautiful, and uh, that takes you up to the ridge, and uh, you can go around from there. But it's... It's perfect for mixed terrain rides here, you know, fair amount of pavement, a yeah. little bit of fire roads, and uh, you can do some really fun. Nice, nice. Um, so for those of you who, you know, aren't familiar with uh, Austin McInerney, Austin was the um, president of NICA. President, was that what your role was when you left? Yes, correct. Uh, I was executive director, and then we did a little – organizational change in a few years after that came up with some new nomenclature and so i was uh the president of uh the staff and then reported to a volunteer okay. and board then, of directors uh, also just so um, people know you yeah. also were one of the founding uh one of the founding people of the national interscholastic cycling association correct yeah 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 that's correct i've been around since the the earliest of, and, of that and when effort, was for that sure. to be exact uh, NICA was incorporated in 2009 
and it grew out of the NorCal High School Mountain Bike Racing League was the official name of the original um, NorCal League, which was started in uh, really 2001. Okay. Um, from the formation, uh, or that grew out of the Berkeley High School mountain bike team, which Matt Fritzinger was a math teacher, and he founded uh, that team in 98. And then uh, three years later, created the, the NorCal League. And uh, uh, I met Matt shortly thereafter and got involved. And, you know, one thing led to another. <laughs> yeah. So they had, so Berkeley was the first one. And then how many other schools kind of joined in when they started the NorCal League? Uh, let's see. Um, so Matt got that team going in 98 and there's a funny story there for your listeners. Uh, he was a math teacher at the the high school, which is like three blocks from my house. And that's one of the reasons I got involved with it. Um, but, uh, he, he was, uh, teaching his math classes. And then he heard that, uh, if you were a coach of uh, one of the sports teams at the high school, you were excused from the, the faculty staff meetings, so he, he said, uh, how can I get out of the, oh, I got to start a team. And he's like, well, I don't really play any of the traditional ball and stick sports, but he had been a cyclist growing up and raced when he was in college. And, and it was like, well, I got to start a cycling club. So he put some flyers around campus and uh, said, come to my classroom at lunch and hear about the cycling team. And so a bunch of kids showed up and uh, the funny part of it, he said, uh, well, I got this cycling club. I want you guys all to join. And, and they're like, okay. And a couple of kids said, that sounds cool. So where are we going to ride? And he's like, well, we're going to do all these road rides. And the kids in the room were like, huh? No, we want a mountain bike. Right. And, and so that's more fun. And so Matt was not a real mountain biker. He was a real roadie at the time. But he was like, well, okay, I guess I got to be a mountain biker. And so that was the genesis of uh, the Berkeley High team. And in 98, they started doing some rides around Berkeley, and that went on for a few years. And he took the, the students that were participating to some of the local mountain bike races. And at the time, it was like the Sea Otter. Uh, there was another event, Napa Valley Dirt Classic, some local, you know, adult mountain bike races. And uh, they just entered the age categories uh, that were provided at the time. And uh, after a couple of years, the kids that all participated told Matt that, you know, it wasn't that much fun. There were no other students really of their age in, at the races. And the promoters always saw them as a sort of an afterthought and made them race at, you know, after all the adult categories had right. gone. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, some of these kids were pretty fast. And next thing you know, they're like riding their way through all these masters and vets and you know, and beginner class. And they're just like, this is ridiculous. And it wasn't fun. Right. Um, and so they, Matt had the idea of, well, we need a race series. that's only high school kids. And, and the, the, you know, the categories would be uh, modeled after traditional high school categories of, you know, frosh, soft, JV and varsity and not, you know, sport beginner expert or cat one, two, three type things that are going on now. So he started organizing a race series and, and that was in 2001 that that race series was first launched as the NorCal high school mountain bike racing league. And Matt spread the word to some of his uh, fellow sort of teachers that were, and some, he was on a road cycling club, most of masters guys. And he told them spread the word. And 
lo and behold, a number of other teachers in the Bay Area um, who were also cyclists sort of caught wind of this and started forming clubs at some of the local schools here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so Marin had a, a few teams with Drake High School and Redwood High School, um, uh, and then some of the East Bay schools, Albany, some of the communities that are just all here. So at the first season, there probably around 10 schools, I think, that had clubs that showed up. And there was less than 100 riders total uh, in 2001. And that went on. I met Matt in 2000 and early part of 2003 and uh, uh, started riding with the, the team. And he, um, he got pretty sort of motivated to really f- go full time and try to build this. And so he quit teaching in 2004, um, which I thought was pretty crazy at the time. It was, it was really bold to walk out of a, you know, a full time paid benefited teaching job to chase this dream he had of creating a new high school sport. Right. And I give, I give him a lot of uh, pats on the back about this because that was, a you know, very risky at the time. And he told me that I should take over and be the head coach of Berkeley High and so that he could really commit to this full time. And so I volunteered. And, uh, and in 2004, the NorCal sort of program was truly incorporated, became a nonprofit. Right. And, and, you know, we set up a board of directors um, and we were just flying by the seat of our pants, really. We had no okay. idea, you know, we really rallied a couple of local people like a, a, an accountant, uh, someone, a lawyer. And so this became the founding board of directors for NorCal. OK. And, and, you know, we started really promoting it and started getting some press, Vela News and um, others, you know, started saying, Hey, what's, what's going on out in California. And, uh, uh, it, it started to pick up some steam, you know, school started adding on and, and that went on for a couple of years, um, until others started to, to catch wind of it. And, you know, uh, one thing led to another and we actually started the SoCal league, which was completely modeled after NorCal. We just tried to say, could we do this somewhere else? Right. And and, uh, and and that came from a, a volunteer as well. I mean, I went out and spoke at the IMBA World Summit that was held in uh, Park City, Utah. I think it was in 2007 or eight and uh, gave the story of here's what we were doing with kids and getting them excited to ride bikes and trying to bring in an element of trail stewardship and and how to give back to the communities you know and we thought that these students would be really good at helping with trail work days in particular strong young kids and uh, i gave that story at, at the world summit and one of the attendees matt Gunnell, came up to me and he he had just retired as a police officer in southern california and he said i want to be involved in this and he became the director of the socal league and so, oh, we, nice. yeah, so we launched the SoCal League and then Colorado one year after that uh, with Kate Rao stepping in to be the founding league director there in Colorado. And so lo and behold, we had three leagues running, but they were all operating under 
the name of the NorCal League, that was the official nonprofit. And so it was like, oh, uh, guess we're no longer in the NorCal League. It's, it's in two states. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is so, national now. Right. This is, yeah. not, this is really starting to go. So we rebranded and came up with the National Interscholastic Cycling Association and jumped through a bunch of legal hoops to make that the official nonprofit. Uh, and that was in 2009. And so into 2009, um, NICA was officially launched and we made the sort of bold proclamation at that time that, uh, we wanted to be coast to coast by 2020. And that was the sort of headliner. And, and we all were like, wow, that's super ambitious. But, uh, we had some great people step up. Uh, and to serve on that sort of founding board of directors in 2009 and get Nike rolling. And uh, here we are, 2020, and uh, there's 31 leagues, and it truly is coast to coast. <laughs> oh, it, it's at 31. I was, just, I was just thinking, I'm like, what is it about? Yeah. <laughs> well, 31. Yeah, yeah, we were adding two to three states a year every year that I uh, was, it was in my role there. And I, I took, took over from Matt when he stepped down in 2012. Um, uh, he started his own family and got married and had a child and, and uh, you know, he had been going pretty hard for a decade and needed to take a break. And so he stepped away from the role and uh, um, I, I became the executive director in 2012 and then from that time on until uh, August of this past year, when I stepped down out of the role, we were adding two to three states a year. And yeah, boom, you know, it was massive explosion and um, participation. We were seeing 35% growth each year in ridership, you know. Right. And I think there was oh, around 25,000 students participating last year. Uh, and we collectively had looked and it was just around 50,000 students had, had participated in the program since 2009. And that number is just goes up every year. So it's been yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's been crazy, but so cool in so many different ways. You know, like I, I know I met you because I, I helped um, Dylan Gradham start the, the Idaho league. Right. Um, right. You know, I, I, I uh, one day was on Facebook and there was a message that someone said, Hey, we're looking to start a, a high school mountain bike, you know, league in Idaho. And I messaged Dylan back. And before you know it, we were meeting and helping raise money. And, you know, a couple months later we had the money to get it started. And yeah. lo and behold, I, you know, with Joel Zellers, our local high school, I helped him get our team started and was the head coach of our team for a couple right. of years. And it was amazing. Like how quickly it went from a Facebook message to, the very first race it was like yeah wow. you know and, and it's <laughs> you know? it's exactly i think that's been the story of our growth uh over the last decade and it's people like you who you know are passionate cyclists uh who who know what role cycling can play in your personal sort of development and and happiness and health and when you saw this opportunity you're like wow i want to be involved and and yeah exactly. you know and then when it's super infectious. I mean, I tell people uh, if they haven't gone out to a high school team practice and you're a cyclist, just do it. You know, reach out right. to the coach, introduce yourself. You don't have any responsibility. Just say, hey, I want to come and see the scene and I'm interested. 
and you can join for a day. And, and, you know, if you're hanging out with a bunch of teenagers that aren't holding their cell phones and aren't just like buried in some video game and they actually start interacting with one another on their bikes, it's hilarious. Uh, I mean, the kids, kids are fun. And as an adult, um, I, we've seen huge explosion in the number of coaches. I mean, we have a Nike as a coach training program that makes it pretty easy for you to learn the basics of um, running a safe practice. And and what we found was that a bunch of adults, you know, 40, 50 year olds who ride, but they don't race a lot or maybe they did um, when they get in, involved in this, all of a sudden they become part of a community that they didn't know existed. And, and that relationship as a mentor, as a coach to a, a teenager who's not your own child, um, can be really rewarding. Uh, and, and the kids look up to you and they want to, they want to hear stories from your life to help them figure out where they're going to go next. Um, uh, and you get fit, <laughs> you're riding your bike, you're doing the workouts with the students. Um, yeah. it's a good thing. Uh, it, for sure. and, uh, you know, coaching Berkeley high for, I was the head coach for nine years. Um, some of my best memories. So with my wife and I riding with the team, it was super rewarding. Um, yeah. Well, and it's, and it, what's amazing about it is, you know, you look at, you look at a Nike team and you can have the kids who are big time mountain bikers. They've been riding because their parents ride. So they started riding when they were little kids. Right. But then you get a lot of these kids who are like, Hey, my friend's doing this mountain bike team. I'm not really a mountain biker, but they want to come out and be part yeah. of it. And the beauty of Nike, and this is one thing yeah. I really appreciated when I was a coach, was that we had kids that would show up to practice that would say, I don't, I don't want to race. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's not like being on the basketball team. If you're on the basketball team, you have to play, <laughs> you, Hopefully right? you're, you yeah, play. Or you're like sitting on the bench. You're yeah. on a 12 person yeah. team. Now on a Nike team, like you can come out to practice on Monday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, but you're not committed to half the race. You can just come out and have a really good time. Yeah. If you want to race, that's awesome. It's yeah. a great experience to be part of. But that's a that's a really great aspect of Nike. In my yeah, opinion. and it's something that we as an organization, and I say we, you know, I'm no longer on the staff of Nike, but I, I bet you the staff would still <laughs> consider you well, weak. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, it's in my blood at this point, and I I will con- I am continuing to support the organization as a. Uh, a member of their advisory council and just being a general spokesperson um, because I I believe in this program uh, and have seen so much good come out of it that for the rest of my life, I will be involved one way or another. Um, And, and you're right that uh, we we really knew that while racing is there, um, uh, kids uh, need to have an outlet. You need to be outside. You've got to be physical in one way or another. And biking is this activity that you can do into your latest years, right? I mean, there's 80 year olds that are riding bikes. There aren't too many playing football, you know? So it's a lot of the traditional sports that high schools focus on. Basically you stop playing them after high school. If you're fortunate or good enough, you go on to play in college, maybe, um, and then the pro ranks, well, good luck with that, right? What percentage of football players go on to actually play in uh, the NFL? I mean, it's it's like point yeah. zero one. Yeah, it's it's it's, right? it's insane. Yeah. It's unattainable for. Yeah. But meanwhile, everyone can ride a bike. And so 
Right. We're, we're, I, I believe in lifelong sports and activity and, and biking is definitely that. And so um, Nike has developed some new programs to really harness that energy and make sure that there's ways that kids can be engaged that aren't racing. So they've got their adventure program now, which is a whole curriculum around, you know, learning to bike pack and learning navigation skills and first aid and, and things that are important to, to, to be competent. And if you're going to adventure outdoors and so the adventure program is really picking up steam, the girls riding together called grit is a program just to help young women in particular, um, learn the skills and gain confidence to ride, um, irrespective of racing, just so that they can come out and ride and, and carry on with that. And, and then the Teen Trail Corps, which is something I'm really proud about, is it's a way to recognize and uh, train uh, student athletes uh, on trail advocacy and trail maintenance. Because um, we know that the, the next generation of um, park managers and, and real leaders are, are going to be the kids that are in high school now. And so if we can instill sort of a responsible public use, uh, public land use ethic in these kids, um, that will pay off. Uh, and it is paying off now. I mean, we're, we're seeing students that participated in the NorCal League a decade ago. You know, some of my earliest students in the Berkeley High team are in their early 30s now. And they have professional jobs and they're making their way into sort of decision making positions. And if, if I'm hoping and, and we're seeing it in some limited places now where um, their experience growing up with on a bike team is, is helping inform their decision making now about uh, activities and public access. And uh, I think that's going to bode well for for those of us who like to get out and, and use public space. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't uh, emphasize, you know, how important it is for this, you know, kids, the, the generation of kids in high school now of, of learning, you know, trail advocacy and, you know, land use and trail work, all those things. Cause I mean, if you, if you don't understand that stuff when you're younger, you're not really going to get into it when you're older. Well, um, and, it's, and it's, nor, it's you know, yeah. are you going to learn to ride a bike? I mean, you can, but you know, this emphasis, this emphasis mm -hmm. on, oh, we need to drive less, you know, and people need to use bikes. That's great. But if you think about it, if you're 40 years old and you're not comfortable riding a bike through congestion, through traffic and sharing the street with a car, are you really going to jump on a bike and do it? It's pretty scary. Right. I get it. But if you yep. grew up riding, then you're way more likely to be like, yeah, I'm going to go to the grocery store on my bike. And I know how to you know, the simplest things that you and I take for granted, like how do you keep your pants from getting caught in your chain? You know, do I, do I have a backpack that I can put my groceries in all this stuff that you're like, yeah, I got it. But if you're new to riding, yeah. who teaches you those things? <laughs> for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. You, and that's the thing. A lot of, a lot of newbies, that's one of, one of the biggest thing I hear from people is, well, I like to ride my bike, but it scares me because yeah. Like you're saying, people just aren't used to that feeling of having a car yeah, a foot away them at 40 miles an hour, yeah. 10 feet away. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah, you and I both know it's a little bit scary at times, but you know, if you've done it millions yeah, you, of times, it really is the confidence. A big deal, and but, so I, I yeah. it's, and it's like learning a language, you know, kids pick up a second language really easily when they're young, but you know, adults trying to learn a second language, it's really hard. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 
a huge proponent of getting more kids on bikes at an early age so that they can grow up with it and have those skills and experiences. Um, and that will just open up other doors. And it's, it's a way of looking at life. You know, if you can overcome riding up a big hill and, and you do it and you just feel that much more energized and confident, you can apply that to all sorts of challenges in life. Um, so for sure, there's yeah. a lot of wins there. And I think that's part of the, the success of NICA is that it grows organically once people that have had that <clears throat> positive experience, they're excited about it. And what do you do when you're happy about something? You tell your friends. And so, you know, you start right. blabbing about how it was really cool on this ride. And then your friend's like, well, I want to have that experience and we'll come out and ride with me. And then they do. And next thing you yeah. know, you got 10 people and that's what happened at Berkeley high. We went from Matt had five kids and then it's 10. And when I was coaching, it was 50. And now the team this year has 85 students on it. Uh, you know, I think it was yeah. mid eighties. Um, and you know, that's insane. And they have 20 some licensed coaches riding with the team. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable how, how much, you know, I know that that league has grown a lot. And even at home, you know, I, like I said before, I helped Joel start right. our local team. I was a head coach for two years and then I got really busy with work and I couldn't put the time in that I needed to, to oh. do this. Cause you, I mean, if you're going to be there, you're going to be the head coach. You gotta be there every day. No, I, just I couldn't, I couldn't commit to that. Totally anymore. fair. So I, I'll go out, I go out one or two times a year just to, to say hello and go ride with the team. And then uh, we have a local race uh, up in the Sun Valley area every year and club ride the office. We shut down for a day and we go nice. up and volunteer and, help set up the infield and blah, blah, blah. And it was amazing this year. We set up the infield, did our duty mm -hmm. with NICA, mm -hmm. you know, the Idaho league. And then afterwards our high school team showed up. So I'm there with Joel and Joel brings his trailer over <laughs> and it was amazing how much yeah. gear <laughs> yeah. we have accrued in uh, five I know. years. I know. You know, um, I think we had, when we set up the, the pit zone area for our team, I helped him do it. And I think there were six pop-up tents, you know, two work benches with two bike yeah. stands and, you know, bin after bin after yeah. bin of parts and brakes and food and chairs. And oh, it was, I, it, it was a bit know, daunting. I, 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 I hear you. you. I joked with Joel how much I was like, I miss this, but I also don't miss yeah, this. We, you know? we learned our lesson so in Berkeley when uh, for the first couple of years, you know, a couple of volunteer coaches and I were doing everything for the team. And then it dawned on us. We're like, oh, these kids have parents. And we got to look at like what soccer and some of these other high school sports have done. And so we engaged the parents and, and, uh, and, and really got them to manage all the behind the scenes stuff. And, and then it got really dialed. You know, we had these super parents who put out the buffets under the tent and were managing all the sort of everything that happened off the bike was their responsibility. And we took care of the riding and that made our lives a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and it made the whole experience for everyone there that much better. Um, but yeah, the logistics. And if, if someone's listening to this and they haven't, had the opportunity to go to one of these high school races, go check it out, go to the website, find out the series where it is. You'll be blown away. I mean, it's, we've brought officials from other organizations to come look at the races and some of the, they're just jaws dropped. They're like, 
oh my God, this is super well run. This is like a, a national caliber type event. And, you know, with announcers and the course, the way you said the infield, which is like where all the teams set up and the start finish line is, I um, mean, it's super pro. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we put in to create a, uh, a model for how a high school race should be held. And so it doesn't make nervous if you go to a race in Virginia or, you know, California, um, they're going to have a look and feel that's very similar um, because they're all building off a template that we have refined over the years with input every new league, you know, when Idaho came on, then they're starting to do stuff. And we would bring staff from all the different leagues together each year at a national conference. And they all share like how they're doing things and things have evolved based on the great input from people to a point now where we have a pretty rigorous training program that delivers a really high end, race experience um and and that's been amazing and, and one of the the benefits of having a strong national office is to sort of pull all that information together and to have staff that can really manage it so that it's not as daunting to start a new league as it was when we first got going when we had no idea what we were doing <laughs> yeah yeah i think you you touched on it there i, I think the biggest thing that, that I've seen in it is the, the community aspect of it is, you know, it, when we started, when Joel and I started the team, our first thought was how do we get all these yeah. kids to these races? Because we were thinking yeah. of it as a high school sport. So we're thinking, Oh my gosh, we got to hire one of the yellow buses and we got to get a, a trailer right. to pull behind Joel's truck to carry the kids bikes. Like how are we going to get all these kids to these races? And then once we went to training and started learning about it, we're like, Oh, this is a full on yeah. like family yeah. experience. So the beauty of it is in Idaho, we're, we're very lucky where in Idaho, yeah. we have so much public land and most of the races are around public lands and, and towns too. So people can hotel, but one of the best things about the league is that people can bring their, their pop-up camper or a tent and people can camp. And that's, that's the best part yeah. is you get these groups of like 40, 50, 60 people together to camp and hang out for the weekend at these races and that's what really makes it special for everybody and makes everybody really Oh, it's love a weekend. You're right. It's like someone itself. mentioned to me once they said it's like Lollapalooza meets mountain biking. <laughs> and, and it's so true. I've been yeah. to that race that's near Sun Valley. Um, and the camping there is phenomenal. I mean, it, you, you wake up and you're looking up at these mountains that are the, the unbelievable. And, and, and the kids love that, right? Because they get to mingle with students from different high schools and so so it creates this right fun atmosphere all the parents are there you know and it's a big barbecue the night before you know sitting around the grill type thing and um and so it, it reminds me of you know mountain bike racing back in the, the early 90s in california which everyone got together and the race was almost an afterthought it was like oh yeah we got to wake up and go race now but it was like everyone was having a good time socializing with their friends that only came together at these events that were held so often. And, and so we've created right. that now for the next generation and, uh, and it's there and there's a role for everyone. I mean, not even if you don't race and you're, you know, you're a parent and you want to come out, you can volunteer, you can be a course marshal. Uh, you, there's a ton of different yeah. jobs uh, on race day weekend. And so very different than most high school sports where you go and you sit in a bleacher 
and you turn your head left and right and watch the activity and and then you go home um and and you don't even mingle with the uh, you know the other team's supporters are on the bleachers on the far side of the field and maybe you scream at one another and that's about it and <laughs> and you know and it really that hit me pretty hard here in berkeley when when i was you know coaching the team and I had access on, on campus and I, I went to one of the football games and it struck me. I was like, wow, there's security here because these games sometimes turn violent and the, the, the fans for the opposing teams are so at each other's throats here that they actually have to have armed security at the game. And I'm like, then you go to a mountain bike race and people are flipping burgers with the, the other teams that they're going to race against. And I'm just like, Oh, which environment do you want to be part of? <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's a good point you were just getting to uh, a minute ago was, you know, volunteering. If if you know about your league and your state, or if you yeah. don't, look it up on the website. You know, uh, nationalmtv.org is the yeah. um, website. Um, check out the leagues in your state. You know, like you said, there's 31 leagues, so – Take a look if there's a team in your town that you don't know about, if there's a race in your hometown, you know, volunteer, check it out. As Austin was saying, you know, reach out to that local team and see if there's something you can help with if you have the time. Cause it's, it's well worth it. And I think you'd love it. If you're, if you're a mountain biker, you know, give back. It's, it's just a good thing to do. And, uh, you know, volunteer. Yeah, the leagues need it's a help. Lot of fun. You'll get you know, something back out of it. We're this a nonprofit organization. They are not making a ton of money no race promoter is really making a lot of money and and these series run on a, a shoestring budget and are covering costs and so um, volunteers make a huge difference or contributors sometimes you know companies can provide um, in-kind support that lowers the cost you know from porta potties to food you name it there there's there's things that can be put to use so you know, especially now with this whole response to the virus, it's really unfortunate. The spring leagues, which were had just started their race seasons, have all canceled. Um, you know, NorCal and SoCal right. each had a race, and the rest of the series is is, is off. And so, um, yeah, and okay. schools are all shut down here in California, and so there's a huge financial impact as a result of that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I just talked to some of my, my colleagues at NICA yesterday, and they're scrambling. Um, some of the sponsors, the big sponsors of the national program, are, are not renewing um, because of the downturn in the economy. Um, and so we don't even know yet that the full impact financially from this, but nonprofits are going to get hit hard and they are getting hit hard right now. And so Absolutely. I'm very concerned about um, what the situation, I mean, obviously with the health is paramount, but financially for these organizations, you're going to see a lot of nonprofits, I think, lay off people, uh, if not close entirely. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a huge disservice uh, in the long run. So let's do what we can right now to support groups that are making a positive impact. And we know that cycling is, is huge benefits um, individually and as well as a community. And I think we, we got to rally right now more than ever to make sure that the, these opportunities continue for people. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully this gets, uh, gets past us sooner than later. And, uh, you know, some of these, hopefully the, the, if the spring leagues get canceled, hopefully the, the fall leagues will be able to run as normal. I know, uh, the Idaho league is still, well, yeah. And planning, people but, need to uh, understand, yeah, so people point, understand, yeah. you know, that, uh, depending on where you are in the United States, you're either a spring or a fall league school sports, uh, high school sports are that way. Um, and so, there's actually more fall leagues than there are spring leagues within NICA just because of the weather patterns of the states that are involved. And so um, the fall leagues wouldn't really start their activities until the summer, the middle of the summer. And then their race series would be under Ray right when school started in September and then be over really by, you right. know, uh, Halloween or uh, into early November at the latest. So, you know, we're keeping our fingers crossed that all of those uh, seasons will go on as expected, but spring leagues are done. And before they really even got going um, and uh, that's unfortunate. And we'd hoped that a lot of the kids would be able to continue to practice, but with schools closed and, you know, can't really have a a group ride uh, right now. So, so people continue right. to ride, you know, solo or with their immediate family members. And, and that's great. Um, but it, it's unfortunate for the high school teams. Um, yeah. I mean, again, you know, we were talking, you know, the, the good thing about, about NICA and this holds true now and will hold true in the future is, you know, even though, you know, we are in, in this time we are with this coronavirus, you know, people still can get out. You can't, you can't go to the gym and shoot basketballs right now. Yeah, you know, and, and, and uh, that's – you're right. And so you know, I went out hiking yesterday with my wife. And as we were hiking in the local park, um, you know, we saw a couple of the local teenagers ride by as individuals. And, then, and you can recognize them because they're wearing their high school team jersey. And I was like, oh, look, there's some high school racers. Uh, uh, and and it, it, it made me a little happy to know, like, yeah, these kids know this park now. They're confident. They've got the tools. They know how to use them, and they're taking care of themselves. And they can do that um, because they had that training, and they, you know. And so now they're more confident. And I wondered, it was, you know, I said out loud to my wife, I was like, you know, a decade ago, you wouldn't have seen that kid here. He just probably wouldn't have known this park even existed. But now, through participating on his team, you know, he's been opened all these new doors. Uh, and so there he was. And then five seconds later, you know, I think his sister rolled by and, you know, they said hi and they're polite and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, wow, this is all sort of a result of this growing high school program here. And so um, the future looks bright, as we like to say uh, at night uh, when, when more kids are riding. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Austin, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with us. And uh, I mean, honestly, I really appreciate what uh-huh. you've done for, you know, NICA in general uh-huh. and, and mountain biking itself. So um, applaud you on that. And uh, again, thanks for taking the time. And uh, yeah, thank Friday you, Cameron and, uh, and, and Club Ride. I mean, it's organizations like you guys that have really helped fuel the growth of, of this program. And, you know, you in particular as being a coach for a couple of years on your team, You've experienced that firsthand. We, we need more Camerons in each community to step up 
and, and be part of this. And I guarantee you'll have a good time um, with it. So let, let's keep the energy up and uh, get out and ride. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking the time, Austin. My pleasure. Have a great Take day. care. We'll talk to you soon, man. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks.